You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back as we dive fin too deep. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil Driscoll. And Neil, this is now two wins in a row that are of epic proportion. Three wins in a row on the season for the Dolphins to be at 3-0. and And although this win wasn't as epic in terms of the fourth quarter comeback we staged in week two against the Ravens, especially that you were there, this one was the one we've all been waiting for. The Dolphins finally beat the Bills for the first time since 2018, 21-19. And, and, and think about this. How are you feeling, Neil, that we're three weeks and three into the regular season, three regular season games into the Mike McDaniel era, and already he's undefeated against Bill Belichick. He's won for the first time since 97 in Baltimore. And he did something that all the Brian Flores apologists always overlooked. He beat Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills for the first time since 2018. Talk about riding high and being on cloud nine as a fan of a professional sports team. Neil, I've never felt this confident heading into a primetime game with the defending AFC champions of any year that what I'm feeling right now, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I I could tell you that, you know, I I think we were all excited about this season and, you know, my takeaway was if we could come out of these first four games, two and two, that was a good place to be with Mm. what we had on the schedule, Um, you know, coming out three and no, and, and, you know, I wouldn't say the dolphins are the best team in football yet, but I would say that, through three weeks of the season, they're definitely the most impressive. When you mm. look at the wins they've put together, like I don't care if the Patriots are good, bad, or in the middle. It's Bill Belichick. That's a divisional game. It's the home opener. Bill Belichick had all offseason to prepare for the Miami Dolphins. I have to interject because you know our listeners are gonna, are asking this themselves, so I'll be, I'll be the voice of the listeners right now. Who is the best team in football right now, Neil? I, it's tough. Um, don't say the Eagles because they've had an inferior schedule. No, I, I don't think the Eagles. I, I think it. I think it's probably still the Buffalo Bills. If I'm being honest, okay. But, okay. but I think that we just showed that we could go. Uh, you know what was impressive? You showed about, we can go toe to toe with them. That's well, that all. what yeah. was impressive about that game to me, right? Like we had the Patriots game. We won. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of convincing. It was never close. I think we wanted to see a little bit more from our offense. Then we go in Baltimore, and it looks like, oh, my God. And I even texted the same old Dolphins at halftime. And then the offense blew up, and you saw everything that they worked on in the offseason come together and to uh, just shine, you know, player of the week. And then you have the the Buffalo Bills, and, you know, everyone wants to talk about injuries. We have just as many injuries as them. I mean, I know that their safeties are out. 
But, you know, we don't have Byron Jones. We don't have, you know, Tua was injured. Waddle's been on a pitch count. Taron Armstead's practically And, and can I walk. add this to Neil? Tua was looking the best he had ever looked against the Bills before, and he made a few throws after, the Milano push that, that took him out for a couple plays. Like, he was absolutely shredding. Even the play he got hurt on, like, you see the improv- improvisation that people have been drooling over and wanting. It's coming more and more frequent, like the deep balls with him. And obviously, he had some big boy throws in the second half when he returned. But I'm telling you, he was going to score on that drive he got hurt on. He was cooking that drive. Well, and, and, and that's, that. The, what made this win impressive to me was that we took Buffalo's best shot offensively. They Oof. had their offense. And they had the ball for... What, 40 60, minutes five? and 40 seconds. Right. So they had it for most of the time. They ran, We already know. We had it for, uh, for just under 20. We had it for just under 20 minutes. Yeah, we, we know all the numbers that, that show that just the absolute dominance in terms of yeah. Buffalo having possession. But 19 our points. never broke. And yeah. we held them to 19 points. And you can win in this league if you hold the Buffalo Bills under the 19 points. And you know what? I, you know, I think the scary thing about this Miami Dolphins team three weeks in is I honestly don't think they've played that good of football. And – you know, that, that sounds crazy because they've beaten – I mean, you just said it. Like, Mike McDaniel's resume to start his career, but he has got he beat the GOAT. He beat John Harbaugh, who's a Super Bowl winner, and he beat Sean McDermott, who's probably a top-five coach in football. I mean, you don't get better than that. And in all these games, he outcoached the other team. And I, and I think, actually, we saw some growing pains in this game from Mike McDaniel. Yeah, McDermott had his moments where he bested – McDaniel, yeah, especially sure. at the at the end of the debate when we had that position yeah. at the two yard line, we yeah, yeah. inch. But you know, I'm not going to nitpick. Like, no. He's he's going to make mistakes, but yep. the thing about it is, he also has the you know, we can all talk about Tua, and you know, the numbers say it. It's not a it's not opinion. Tua's been a top three to five quarterback in the NFL this year. Bottom line, we don't have to guess. That's what the numbers say. That's yeah. number two is. in passing yards with nine twenty-five, tied for third with eight passing touchdowns, first in QBR. I mean, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Right. Though. So I, I think the story of the Miami Dolphins though has to be Mike McDaniel because this guy mm-hmm. is young. We heard offensive genius. We've heard that about other people, but this is like real. We've seen the 49ers struggles on offense with him not being there. And the route concepts that these receivers Unbelievably are Unbelievably good. Those, the two plays that Jalen Waddle ran back to back when Tua came back. I, you know, and, and Jalen that Waddle, corner post that he caught that big, that big forty-five yard. First of all, Jalen Waddle is listen. You I know think he's I the best player on the team. <laughs> okay, you know, you again. We always go back to the draft because we're draft guys. You know how much I love him coming to the draft. He's my wide receiver one. And the one thing that I said, what I always highlighted in his evaluation that I don't think people give him enough credit for. And you go back and you watch that that corner post route he ran. To, to gain that 45, this guy, what made him so special was he had Henry Ruggs' speed, but he ran routes like Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy. And it was like, you know, it's one thing to be 4-2, but what makes guys like Waddle and Tyreek so special is they know how to play and and – at 4-2. They just don't just go out there and run. They know how to run crisp routes at 4-2. They they know how to accelerate at the right time. They know how to use their speed and space. Like they're smart players. They know how to take the right angle to use their speed. Like like that's what makes Jalen Waddle so special. And this is why like 
let's be honest, bro. We, we you know, I know we're three weeks in, but Jamar Chase, he has 212 yards. He does not look like the dominant force he was last year, whereas Jalen Waddle looks like, oh, this is what space in the NFL looks like? Watch me. You right. know what I mean? Like, like you're seeing Jalen Waddle is going to have a more dominant season than Jamar Chase. What are we I, talking about? I, I think Jalen Waddle is the best player on this football team right now. I, I agree. I it's think him he's and, benefiting from Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, it's him and Tua, right? Him and Tua and Tyreek are the best players on this team right now. Right. Ty, Ty, Tyreek's definitely drawing, and Javon Holland, but and but Tyreek's definitely drawing. Javon had a rough outing at, at times against the Bills, bro. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek is drawing double teams, and it's opening Waddle up, and that's the whole point of getting him in here. But when a big play is needed to be made in, in early in the season – Jalen Waddle, I, I, if you go back in that draft in retrospect, like, look, if I had the first pick in the draft, I'm probably taking Trevor Lawrence because I see He's still, looked real good under a competent offensive. Right, and, and look, you know, you know quarterback's staff. important, and, you know, he could be a generational type of guy. I, I, I was under the belief that I would have taken Jamar Chase leading up to the draft over Jalen yeah, Waddle. Yeah. Right, you remember me saying that. In, and, and I said this a few weeks ago. I said that give me Waddle now after watching him and Chase play. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you're an idiot. You're a homer. Like, did you see what Jamar no. Chase did last season? I don't care what he did last season. Like, this season that Waddle's about to have is about to be even better than when what Jamar Chase did last year. Stop right. this right now. When Jamar Chase is a great football player, and I'm not taking away from him, but I just think that Waddle's speed and acceleration and ability to make yak after the catch. It's unbelievable. I mean, you remember how many people wanted Kyle Pitts, and, and I wasn't opposed to it. But if you look at their careers right now, and Kyle Pitts has been good in Atlanta. To me, it was Jalen Waddle or Panay Sewell, and both would have been home runs. Sewell's the number one right tackle in football right now, right? Yeah, both would have been home runs. And I think Waddle's the number one receiver in football. It's him and Tyreek. Him, Tyreek, and Stephon Diggs are the three best receivers in football right now. Right. And, and, and like, that's the thing that's so impressive is that we have two of those guys. And, yep. and they, they feed off each other. Well, I, I just don't think there's many teams that can stop them. We got to move Gasecki, Neil. We need. Neil, another week, and Eichenberg is not the guy, bro. I mean, the guy just cannot pick a stunt or a looper to pit to save his freaking life, bro. I, I'm just this guy does not have the anchor to be the left guard. I mean, whether that means keeping little at right tackle and slotting Jackson in there, because I I don't know about you, but based off what we've seen at Austin Jackson at right tackle, and then a little bit of what we saw with him at left guard. I'm kind of intrigued with him between Connor Williams and Taron Armstead because although Connor, I, I don't know if you noticed, Connor was having some issues snapping the football on Sunday. Early, eh? early but and, he fixed them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you notice that he's got his glove off and everything to try and fix them and stuff. But, but he had some, and there was a, like that Sherfield, that Sherfield completion that just didn't get in the end zone. If that snap was better, he's in the end zone. Right. No, and, you're Eichenberg yeah. is a mess. He should be bad, bro. I, I would definitely look at Austin Jackson if if need be. When that, isn't that back. intriguing? Like I know he's not, dude. Well, he I, get I, his right tackle position back because Greg Little well, good, I, and I agree, right? But I, and I, but the thing is, like, listen, he's not Laramie Tunsil. But remember when Tunsil was in between Brandon Albert, who when he was healthy gave you Pro Bowl level left tackle play, and and Pouncey, who again gave you Pro Bowl center play. Tunsil, you know, that that's what intrigues me here. I think with the with what Armstead and Connor Williams have shown us from a blocking aspect in pass pro and run sets, I, I think that, you know, I think, you know, maybe Jackson and left guard and, and little at right tackle might be 
the best combination with what we have in house. And if you got to move someone else in the interior, clearly they trust Robert Jones the most, right? right? So, because, dude, think about it. They brought Lionel Coleman out and they rather kick Jones to guard and hunt out to tackle. So, I'm just saying, you know, Jackson left guard, Little Sting at right tackle with Armstead at left tackle and Connor Williams at center and Hunt at right guard. Neil, that might be the secret sauce for getting the most. Exactly. That might be the secret sauce for getting the most out of this offensive line because, listen, and I know you've heard me like say this on repeat like a record for two, three years. We are going to go as far as this offensive line takes us, okay? Right. And and you've seen how good they've been in pass pro, Neil, and what's happening. Two is taking that next step with his weapons around him, right? And one thing, too, that, you know, the pressures are down. We've only given up, you know, 25 pressures this year, which is absolutely fantastic. But, Neil... When two is kept clean, he's 59 of 78 for 75.6%, 775 yards, 9.9 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. His average depth of target is 9.3, and his adjusted completion percentage with drops and such is actually 80.8. So when you keep Tua clean, this man is absolutely cooking bro and i know they got hendrickson and i know they got um logan wilson on the second level sam hubbard and sam hubbard but you know i really think we should be able to hold our own against this defense i mean am i wrong neil in assuming that between the bills and the patriots and as well as the ravens we've probably faced the toughest front sevens we're going to see on the schedule so far. And now that could create some breathing room for the running game. Well, especially with the news that the Chargers are already falling apart with Joey Bosa getting surgery and the groin. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but like, yeah, I think you're hitting on a really important point. And if you remember when we did our season preview, you know, we just said that, hey, if the offensive line could be around the 20th best unit in the league, we're that would be it. good with it. Well, yep. they're playing better than that. I mean, Taron yep. Armstead is as good as advertised, and he's not even healthy. But Taron Armstead is the best left tackle we've had here in Miami since Richmond, Richmond Webb. Webb. Yep. And I don't want to hear Jake Long. Jake Long was no. never as good as Taron Armstead. No, agree. Not even close. Yeah. And then Robert Hunt is becoming one of the best right guards in football. I mean, he – is really starting. Still has his moments. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not perfect. But you know what? I, you know, it, I, I even watched Zach Martin. You know, he struggled. I, I just think Robert Hunt's starting to really put it together, and he's reliable and dependable. And you're right. Connor Williams definitely in the last couple games, I think he comes out a little amped up, man. Maybe he had a couple Red Bulls because he's definitely starting, but he gets it together. But he is kicking ass. Buddy, in pass there. pro and run sets, like, that's the thing. Dude, who would think we are three games in, and if we're going by units – and this is still including what the game the defense has had. Could we not say that our passing unit, including the, you know, everyone in the passing game, including the pass pro, that's our best unit right now. Right. Who would have thought? And Greg Little has been a find. I mean, dude, yeah. and, I, and give him kudos. You know, we give two a credit for coming back in the game, which is well-deserved. But Greg tried, Little's yeah. finger looked like it snapped off, and he was coming back yeah. in the game, running out to get a taste. And he's been, a, I mean, just a really good player, right tackle. And, you know, the, the sore is a left guard. Eichenberg is just not getting it done. But, you know, if he's the weak link and the other four guys do their job, 
the unit will be okay. But Eichenberg is going to cost you a drive per per game. Pretty Dude, much. I've heard they are looking for an interior guy, an offensive lineman is what I was told, but I assume it's an interior, and not just for depth. So I think they know that they that they have a need there, bro, and yeah. they can take that next step if they if they if they get someone there. I I really believe that. And you know, Neil, and you know, we're going to get in depth here to the games, but. Another game against the Bills. Another, you know, listen, he had the touchdown in week two. It was gravy train. But Mike Kosicki, I mean, Durham Smythe again, you know, looks more far. I mean, you know, Durham Smythe blew a block, a chip block. But other than that, Durham Smythe clearly tight end one. I mean, the snap count even showed that Durham Smythe had about over 70% of the snaps. While Gusecki was at like forty some odd, so right. and we need Hunter Long to get healthy, right? So we can get it, get it. And Tanner Connor, right? But but I'll, I'll say this: I, I got a trade scenario for you, and you tell me if this sounds good to you. Okay, I would send Mike Gusecki to the Chicago Bears for Roquan Smith. Would you pay Roquan? Sure, I'd pay him the same amount. I know, I, I know, people aren't going to like to hear this, but I think another player we have to move off of, and I've heard that he's not protected anymore. That Flores isn't here, and See, and, like, again, he had, like, a good first half, and then he disappeared. Jerome Baker. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think we got the money allocated in the wrong area, bro. He, I mean, he played a decent game against Remember, the Bills. Yeah, the, he had the good first half. He was all over the place, and then the second half, where was he, bro? Well, he's just, he's just, he in our defense, if he's not providing passwords, he's a 4-3 will linebacker. Right. Yeah, he's an off-the-ball blitzing linebacker. That's right. what he is. He'd be yeah, yeah. he'd be a really good fit in Minnesota. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here he's just and I like Jerome Baker. I, I just think here for the price tag, you want to see some of those splashy plays. And I, I, Neil, I, you know, do you remember the heat I got when I said I didn't like that contract? Do you remember the heat I got? Do you remember social media? I remember where I was too when this happened. Do you remember Dolphin fans were trying to? Do you? I know you do. Do you remember they were trying to compare him to Fred Warner and Darius Leonard? Do you yeah, remember that, that I mean, nonsense, bro? That 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 is nonsense, um, dude. Am I wrong when I said he's a top thirty at best linebacker, dude? The guy I can sit here and name you twenty twenty five linebackers that I would take over Jerome Baker, easy. Yeah, I mean, and that includes, and I know Dolphin fans don't like him, and I told him to go f himself. I'd take Matt Milano over him. Yeah, I'm not as low on Jordan Baker as you, but I, I do think that he's not a good fit for this defense. And I, I think that this could be – I mean, look, the Dolphins are going to yeah, be – he's a wide nine. He needs to go to a wide nine defense. Yeah, I, I could definitely see them, you know, maybe trading him. But, you know, I could also see him taking a hometown discount to stay here because I do think – you know, What do we pay thing- him, 13 a year or something like that? What is, does it work out to? Because, remember, we gave him a higher percentage of guaranteed money than X at the time. Right. Well, you know, I, it'll be interesting. I, I think I think Roberts finished the game really good on the goal line, yeah, but he's yeah. a liability all game out there. Pass all they're both, dude. They're both liabilities in pass coverage. So that was that's what was crazy. Do you remember? Um, um, do you remember when? Um, was it? Didn't Roberts go down for a little bit? Yeah, he did. He right. always did, right. And Sam McGuavin came in right for, for the couple plays. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Channing Tindall didn't even have his helmet on? Yeah, and and, and that's not a good sign. I think he's young. I, I like Channing Tindall a lot. I, I had him as the But he player. offers you more in the run game instinctually and in pass coverage than, the, than Jerome Baker. 
Right. Yeah, I had him as the 26th ranked player in that draft last year. I love Channing Tindall, so I'm surprised that he's but not. They, but run. they take their time, right? Like, look at what they're doing with Eric Zakama. They right. want to get him adapted to the slot and such. They don't want him just out there being like, you know, pigeonholed as an X receiver, you know? Right. I, I think they're being very cautious with this draft yeah. class. They they, yeah. they invested their high impact. They don't need to, and they don't need to force them, right? Into right. The and, and I think. Let him learn behind good pros. Like, you know, I think Landon Roberts has his limitations, but I think he's a warrior out yeah, there. Yeah, and he's a leader. He's a good leader. He's a good pro. You know, you cannot take away from that dude's effort. I mean, he puts effort in. I mean, he's just a guy who's been through a lot. He's 28 years old. He's got a lot of wear and tear on that football for that 28-year-old, you know, body. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's a tough dude. I mean, he's getting Let's hurt. go back to Jerome Baker, though, Neil, because you said you're not as down on him. Other than that first half against Buffalo, what has he done all year? You know, Literally, I, think about it. He ain't done nothing, bro. Well, I, I think you know, but we can say that you know, Jalen Phillips hasn't done anything this year. Right? Oh, I agree, but but also second year, and you can see they're giving him more responsibilities in terms of flats dropping into coverage, et cetera, et cetera. So you can uh, uh, imagine his mind is a little jambled right now. Baker been in the league for how long now? Sure. Since, no, I, I mean, look, but let's be fair. X hasn't been that good this year. You know, I mean, I've, uh, he's yeah, been okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but at least he's got some pass breakups. No, like, I hear you. I, and I get they should have been picks. Yo, 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 hey, I get it. But the thing is, we still know – We even when – but here's the thing. Every game, we've at least had a couple good things we've noticed about X. Other than the first half in the Bills game, you, you – you could have told me Jerome Baker wasn't on the team, and I would have believed you. Well, my, my biggest disappointment through three weeks is Nick Needham. I'm just being honest. I Oh, I, yeah, he, he's been getting torched. Cater Kahoo is a better corner than him right now. And I think – Well, it's also – I think Needham's – dude, I think Needham settled into the slot. Because remember, let's, let's call it spade a spade here. In the slot over the last two seasons, he's been one of the best slot guys in the NFL. The only guy who ever really gave him issues was 2020 – Cole Beasley? No, uh, Isaiah McKenzie in that win and get in game. Right. Isaiah McKenzie gave him the work. But other than that, it's because he's not used to going back to the boundary, bro. Well, and and I do think just because Byron Jones is eligible after this game, I don't think it means that he's definitely going to be starting. Neither do I. I agree with you. Why why would you bring him back against the Jets? Right. I I think that he's going to need a couple weeks to get himself in the good game. I I know he's been practicing a little bit here and there. but I don't think he's back to like week six. Seven week eight, yeah. I mean, it, but I'll tell you what, though. You want to talk about underrated plays? That play Keon Cross had made on Gabriel Davis was amazing, bro. The athleticism of that kid is absolutely fantastic. Right, he's a, he's a good ball player, man. He's yeah, a guy man. That you, I like you when you sign a special develop team, him. Well, you saw the contract was like three point five million dollars. You're like, that's a lot for yeah. a guy who's a special teams guy, but he can play corner. And then you talk about special well, remember teams they played guy. him in the slot a lot last year in New England too, right? Well, Justin Bethel, man, that guy is such an underrated special teams ace. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that play that he chased down there, and when you talk about the upgraded positions, obviously the biggest position we've upgraded is wide receiver. Number two is punter, Thomas Morstead. When he's not can kicking asses, freaking boot the ball. Yeah, like, he can. He's that, a good punter. That touchback punt. I was definitely wrong about drafting the punt god. Let's put that out there, especially with <laughs> well, a lot all of the information, were, especially but, after the information we got. But uh, yeah, but I mean, Morstead on that. He's touchback. legit. Yeah, he punted that ball like sixty-eight yards. Dude, man. dude, honestly, man, can I be honest with you? 
the last couple of years of punting make me really appreciate the shit out of Morstead, bro. Right. Well, and he's a vet, right? Like, how many? Yeah. How, how many does he already? I think I might be wrong, but I think he has the most punts down within the twenty in football right now. Which is just, I mean, he's just a good veteran, and you know, you can tell by his Twitter, he likes being here. He's having fun. I mean, dude, that like, and Jason Sanders has been good this year so far. I mean, he hasn't had a major. Dude, I think big, big, I think our best defensive. You, you might, I don't know if you agree with me. Our best defensive player this year has been Melvin Ingram. Oh, he, he's been the best, and and I I said this, you you got to start talking to extension with him because you don't want to lose him. I mean, he no. is he is. But big. you know what? You should do a little bit more, and this is not rotate him to keep him fresher a little bit more. I noticed they really rely on him heavy. You're going to have to rotate him a bit more is all but I'm did saying. Did you see on that game? Van Ginkle, though. Oh, I don't know, buddy. It's not count. Yeah. yeah. He's gone. I, I yeah. think he's still coming back from his injury. I think he's a good death player. But yeah. I, I, they're not going to pay him. They're not going to yeah, pay they're, him. They're not, they're, he's not, I don't think, in their long-term plans. I think it's going to be Phillips. I think they'll try to get Ingram back on the cheaper. And then, you know, they'll, they'll find people. I mean – they're going to have to retweak some things. But the guy, you know who's become a really good football player, man, uh, and, and he gets his due now, is Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins, I mean, he might not have the sack numbers that we want to see like an Aaron Donald has. But, man, he is a complete terror on the defensive front. And you know, I don't know what he said to Josh Allen under under that pile, but getting Josh Allen provoked to get that 15-yard penalty was huge. I, I, I just really like him and Zach Sealer. And, like, you got to – like, a lot of people forget this. We didn't even have Raekwon Davis for that game, who I hope's back this week because, you know, I think we're going to need that run defense to be strong against a Joe Mixon. But, you know, I think kudos to the whole defense for taking that many plays. It was hot for them too, right? Like the sun goes both ways. They, they were on the field. You know, I, I think that, you know, it's, it was remarkable to see, despite all that adversary, adversity, all that time on the field, that when it came to crunch time, they made the plays, and you got to give them that. And yeah. no matter what you say about the Bills' defense, they had their offense. They had Superman. Josh Allen is the best player in football right now, mm-hmm. and we held him to 19 points. And you can't take that away from this team. And I think if two was healthy, we probably put up a couple more points. So at the end of the day, we're 3-0. We're heading into a huge Thursday night showdown. The world's going to be watching. And everyone's talking about how tired the Dolphins are going to be. Hey, look, there might be some wear and tear. Oh, they're getting that, bro. It's going to be under the light. That offense is not tired. No, nah, bro. That, that's the key thing. And first of all, just to tell you, Thomas Morstead has six inside the 20. Okay. And yeah, number I'm... one in the league is 11, Cameron Johnson. Okay. Well, bro, I'll, I'll dude, <laughs> the, light, the lights come on, but he's, you know, he's like, he's literally like 11, 9, 8, 7. So he's got the, what? He's got the fourth most. Where is he on average? Where is he on punt average right now? What like what do you want? Like yards. Yards, yards per attempt or net? Net. Net. He's netting 43.4, which is like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth best. All right. So yeah, I mean, we had the worst punter in football last year. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, yeah, yeah. that's a much better. Scenario. You know, who's blowing it up. Remember the rookie. A lot of people wanted him. Remember Ryan Stonehouse out of Colorado state. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty good. Anyways. Um, all right. So beat the bills. Now we have the Bengals coming up and what's crazy to me. And what I had on my preview show, the matchup to watch, obviously for me is Tyreek versus Eli Apple. I think he's going off. He called him out. You know, it's obviously been documented what happened in the AFC Championship last year where he got thrown down and 
they left points on the field or whatever. Um, I think he's coming for it. A couple of interesting matchups, uh, Neil, just for food, food for thought for you, okay? So right now the Dolphins have the fourth passing offense in the NFL. They have the 14th best passing defense to the Bengals. We are the 31st rushing offense, 64 yards. They are actually the eighth best rushing defense. They're only allowing about 86 yards per game. Buddy, we're the number four third down offense. They're the number 10 third down defense. Um, you know, we've been iffy on third down already, right? Like we're 29th. They are the eighth best third down offense. So some third down um, matchups to watch. Um, obviously, we talk about Reader being out. That's probably the biggest thing. Lyle Collins is nursing something, but he's going to play. Um, another thing, too, what's interesting about Tyree calling him out, Neil, is um, a couple things. Now, what if I were to tell you that the cornerback room in Cincinnati hasn't allowed a touchdown yet? You, you know what my, my answer would be? What? They face Joe Flacco, Cooper <laughs> Rush, and Mitch Trubisky. Okay, there you go. I, I, yeah, I, like Jesse Bates is allowed a touchdown, and then one of the linebackers. But Chidobio, um and Chidobe Awuze, he's he's only allowing a 55 passer rating when he's targeted. Eli Apple is allowing a 99. Um, again, I, I think that's going to change. I, I think that's just what's leading up. But Awuze is actually, I think, underrated, one of the more underrated cornerbacks in football right now. I do think he's really good. Um, and obviously, I think the world of Jesse Bates and Von Bell since New Orleans has been a good safety. Um, I think Eli Apple is the one to expose. And the interesting thing here I wanted to hit you with, they play man like more than 34% of the time. They're one of the highest man teams in the NFL. The problem with that is when you got Cedric in the slot or whomever you want to put in the slot going up against Mike Hilton, then you got Eli against the uh, Tyreek and um, Awuzier against Jalen Waddell. They don't have the speed. To, like it's a, just another example. Yeah, yeah. I, you don't I, have I was, the speed, I was just gonna man. Say, I was you just, just Mr. Awuze and uh, Mr. Eli. Apple. Let me introduce you to a guy named Tyree Kill and a guy named Jalen Waddle. Yeah, because you're gonna have a long night tomorrow. Yeah. Because neither one of those guys are gonna man up and cover those guys one to one. Mike Hilton's actually a good nickel corner. Yeah, um, he is a good nickel corner. He's yep. a good nickel corner. But you know, at the end of the day, and like, I love Logan Newilson, the linebacker they have. There yeah, he, he's a tackling machine. They're, they're not going to have DJ Reader, who I think is the second best that's player the big, in the whole defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big uh, he, he's And their he's, best run defender. Yeah, he's a great run defender. I mean, you know, one another matchup definitely to pay attention to is Taron Armstead versus Trey Hendrickson. Hendrickson's a good football player. Uh, Taron's going to, you know, do yeah. his, probably do what he usually does. And They got good know, edges between him and Sam Hubbard. Yeah, they're, they're good on the edge. Um, I, I actually think there's going to be some good running lanes here for the Dolphins. Um I think Mozart's probably going to hit hit a nice run in this game. But I, at the end of the day, it's about getting two in rhythm, and it's about getting Waddle and Tyree kill the ball in space. And, like, I think you're 100% right. I, I'm calling this game the Tyree kill party um, because we already saw what he did, 190 yards, two touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens. I think we're going to see a similar performance this week because Tyreek had this game circled. And obviously, oh, yeah. Tua knows it's important to Tyreek what he said in the press. What he said? Oh, and, buddy. Yeah, it's one on one balls going there. Look, they're boys, Tua and Tyreek. And <laughs> yeah, they talk a lot. And I think they took this personal. And then let's go. I'm going to go a little bit deeper about this game, right? 
Tua Tungavaloa is one of the most competitive people yep. that have ever lived on this planet. And Tua so is Tyreek, too. Yeah, well, Tua is a great dude, right? Like, he didn't go to ever go up there and trash people. That's not who he is. It's not what he's about. That's not how he was raised. But if you don't think that as we have this podcast right now that he's laying in his hotel bed, Said I'm getting my revenge on Joe Burrow. I'm oh, for LSU. Watching yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah. Tua, you guys remember, had to get some ankle surgery that no one knew even existed to get on the Tight field. Tight rope surgery. Yeah. Tight rope surgery. Get out there. Two weeks later. Hit the deep bomb to Devontae Smith to bring and, him back. And hold on. If Jerry Judy literally dropped the winning touchdown, he had two drops and he had a drop in the second half that if he would have caught it, they would have won. The, they would have ended up winning the game. Yeah, if you don't think for a second that this game in special to Tua, oh yeah, Tyreek, this is his chance. Same way he had Kyler circled, he's got this one circled. Well, think about this. Take it even a step further, right? Drafted in the same draft, Dolphins should have moved up and got Joe Burrow. Is what everyone's saying. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl, right? So this is where Tua is going to tell the world, and this is my prediction. This is where Tua is going to be to say the world. Well, I was always better than Joe Burrow. That's what that's what's going to happen after this game. And on Monday morning, everyone's going to be – or Friday morning, everyone's going to be talking about, did the Dolphins actually get the best quarterback in this draft? And, you know, there's always going to be the Herbert support, and Tua's got a lot more to prove. But at the end of the game day, you play football to win games. Tua's, what, 10-1 and one in his last 11 starts? He's got the best winning percentage of the class. And I would argue that for the longest – for his tenure, he had the most unfavorable circumstances of any of the quarterbacks. Because as good as it is now, it was awful previously for this guy. So this is the game where the offense is going to click. This is the game I where think our run game. big plays. Yeah. This is why the Dolphins are going to have four or five primetime football games because yeah. they're not going to disappoint. And I think the Bengals are going to get some big plays. I think Jamar Chase is going to give Xavier Howard a, a, a tough night. And, you know, T. Higgins is no slouch, and they have Tyler Boyd in the slot. I mean, that trio of receivers yeah, is yeah, as good, good as anyone too. in football. Yeah. And, and they're probably on par with us because you, we, we talked about Milk Carton, Mike Gesicki. Man, Cedric it's Wilson, Cedric, for a $7 million a year player, hasn't shown me anything. But here's the night to do it. I, I just Who think, needs them? We got River Craycraft and Trent Sherfield, buddy. They've but but, but here's the thing, man. Here's the matchup that we will win. Their offensive line is horrendous. Yeah. Lel Collins has been one of the worst players in football this year. Ted Karras, you know, he had a favorable year for us, but he has never been a really good player. He hasn't been good. Jonah Williams hasn't been good. And our defensive line is going to give them problems all night long. And Joe Burrow's been holding the ball. It's my, it's Thursday Night Football. He's going to play Superman. Yeah. And it's going to backfire. Hasn't been making his hot reads. The only thing – what worries me is the guy who's proven he can play well with a shitty offensive line is Joe Mixon. Yeah, and look, Joe Mixon's a good running back, and they as good as I as much as I like Edmonds and Mozart, they they Mixon's better than them. And I'm not gonna sit here and act like I feel like Mozart's gonna bust one. I felt like that for the it feels like it's coming with Mozart, like he's been close a couple times. Right. Well, and like you know, you gave some good stats about their defense. I would say that the only level that they're on par with us is at middle linebacker. They're, they're better with Logan Wilson. Anything else on the defensive side of the ball, I would take our unit over theirs. Any mm. unit. Even with Hendrickson Hubbard, give me Melvin Ingram and Emmanuel Agba. You know what I mean? Like, give me Jalen Phillips 
Ingram. Yeah, I, I just think that combination. And, and one thing that we haven't talked about at the Bills is that Trey Flowers was starting to show a little promise in that yeah, game. Yeah, he was. Well. He got some snaps. Yeah, he got some snaps. He's a good player. He's going to be more comfortable. Hopefully, Raekwon Davis is back. Um, I, I just think this Dolphin team's different, and they're loose. They got there early today. They had their walkthrough. You got some idiot from Barstool recording them. But at the end of the day, the players win the game on the field. The lights are going and to be. Why bright. are they recording? They're recording because guess what? The NFL and the Bengals now fear the Miami Dolphins because of what they've seen us do in the first three weeks, and they've seen how they've looked in the first three weeks, and they know we're about to expose them as one-year Super Bowl run wonders, as frauds, and you know we're going to show them the Bengals of twenty twenty-one weren't the real Cinderella team we are. Well, you know, and I think we're a little lot different. Like, you know, I've heard a lot of comparisons. I've even said it myself that I thought we could be this year's version of the, the Bengals. Well, I, I actually think a little bit differently now that I've actually kind of digested that. Like the thing that made the Bengals kind of special was kind of reminding me a little bit of the 2000 Ravens. Like no one thought they were going to have the ability to make that run. You know what I mean? Even the 2012 Ravens with Joe Flacco, right? That improbable throw beats Raheem Moore to Jacoby Jones. And, like, you know, it was they were never the favorite to win those Super Bowls. And, and the Bengals didn't win it, but they got there. And it was a big surprise because, you know, it wasn't Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I think the Dolphins are stamping themselves as a top team in football right now. And it's going to be that way the whole season. Like, you know, I, I, I obviously will we'll predict this game. But the Dolphins have a lot of W's ahead of them. After this game, the schedule gets kind of embarrassingly easy. And you never want to take teams for granted. But this team's already showed you with way less talent and, an, and a coach that hated his quarterback, they can win eight row, games in a row against inferior talent. Now they're showing us they could beat the teams that are supposed to be better than them. That's what makes this Dolphin team dangerous. You can never count them out. And that's why, man, you come out of this game and you're 4-0. And then you have the Jets twice. You have the Bears. You have the 49ers. You have the Texans. I mean, you have the the Lions have shown improvement, but come on, man. Their corners. I the thing about it, reason is when you have a Waddle and a Tyreek Hill, you can win every game you play. And they're not going to go undefeated. That's not what I'm saying. But you have a chance to win every single game you play because that talent is just so special. That the defense is there's not a team in this league that has two cornerbacks that can cover those guys. They're going to get theirs. And if you take Tyree Kill out and you double team him, Jalen Waddle's going to catch two balls in a row for 75 yards on you, and then you're going to run the game winning touchdown in. You know what I mean? Like this team, and and I think Mike McDaniel's just getting started, man. And like we all, you know, I don't like, and I'm not saying this is an insult. There's a lot of football fans that just watch the game and they don't care about the breakdowns, and that's fine. But when you break down this offense, you see the complexity of the route trees that they're running. This team is so well coached. It's Frank Smith. It's Daryl Bevel. It's Mike, you know, it's it's Mike McDaniel. But you can see just this team is so prepared in a week in, week out basis. And you don't even know what's coming. The motions, the routes, you know, I mean, like, think about this reason, because, you know, that third and 22 throw to me was the ultimate sh- sign that Mike McDaniel really trusts Tua. Like, he got in every presser and say it. But you 
you allow your quarterback to make that throw in that situation and he delivers after taking the hit that he did and coming out of the tunnel, I mean, that was a legendary performance by Tua Tungavaloa, not because his stats show you that, because he went toe-to-toe with the Super Bowl darling and won, came back in the game, toughed it out. Everyone who says he's too small, dude, that, that you can't beat that dude's heart. And that's why Tua Tungavaloa has proved already this season that he's this franchise quarterback. And that's the fun part already this season to me. And now we want playoff wins reason. And I know you're the same boat as me. But leaving this season knowing that you have a franchise quarterback is probably the biggest win of this season. And I think we already know that story this early in the season. Yeah, he's checking the boxes. I mean, Chris Canty tried to pass him off and say, oh, well, you know, show me you can beat upper echelon guys. And then Kim Martin said, well, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Oh, well, it's a team sport and then he called him he's always a game manager but i you know i tweeted out today you know two has already proven he can keep a team in the game manage and protect a lead complement the defense put up points and shootouts come back and win games that's not what game managers do that's what franchise quarterbacks do and three games in and he's already checking all those boxes well you know what's funny reason you know why that that's not a true statement about him being a, a game manager and I tweeted this earlier myself. Trent Dilfer was a game manager, and Trent Dilfer couldn't do what Tua did against the Ravens. Stop. But the game manager doesn't play his best football in the fourth quarter when your team's losing. Like, that's not what game managers do. Well, think about this, right? He was, you know, we have known for the past couple of years he's really good in the fourth quarter. He's always been really good in the red zone. And this year, he's been, he was already efficient on third down. Now he's become super efficient on third down, and he's also become better on second down now. So, like, you look at where he where he's going right now, and to a tongue below, you can see the growth right now. That listen, you know what I've always said: keep your sexy big arms and your highlight reels. Give me elite efficiency, elite accuracy, elite anticipation, and a high football IQ, and I will beat that big arm guy nine times ten out of ten. Well, and you know what reason to piggyback off that? You know who was the biggest game manager in football history? A guy named Troy Aikman. Look it up. He never even threw 30 touchdowns in What do you think Tom Brady becomes when they get a lead? Right, but Troy Aikman has three Super Bowl rings, man. And he had Emmitt Smith, who, you know, arguably, you know, I don't think there's an argument. He's a top three to five running back in football history. He had the best line that, you know, maybe we've ever seen. Eric Williams, Larry Allen, and, and, and fellows on that line. I mean, he had Michael Irvin and Alvin Harper and Jay Novacek, and he was a game manager. Like, people don't want to say that because, you know, they're America's team, but the guy never even put up 30 touchdowns in a season. He wasn't, you know, I mean, he could use the run to open up the pass, and he made good plays. But at the end of the day, again, man, fantasy football is fun. Yeah, that's, it, that, but that doesn't matter. Did it? Like, I want, I want my team to win in right. real life, non-fantasy. I, I and like my wife the other day because she was like, you know, she's, she's like excited. You know, Dolphins are playing well. Neil's happy. You know, he's smiling on Monday mornings. What the hell is this? I, I've never even seen this. And she asked me a great question. She said, if Tua won a Super Bowl, would you love him more than Dan Marino? And outside of my father, Dan Marino's my hero. That's the reason I love football. And literally, I have a shrine in a room to Dan Marino at my house. But the answer to that question is probably yes. Yeah, it's the same thing with – listen – I'm also a Penguins fan. 
I love Mario Lemieux. He, same thing. He was my hero. Him and Mar Marino were my heroes growing up. And, but at the end, see, the reason why I still put Mario over top is because Mario was an executive. But as a player, Sidney Crosby has accomplished more. And, you know, like, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh who they hold Sidney Crosby in a higher standard than Mario. Now, like, I love Mario. We'll always love Mario more because if it wasn't for Mario with the ownership, we wouldn't even be in Pittsburgh anymore, right? right. So, like, Mario's the guy for me. But there's a lot of people where, you know what? And I can't argue them because Sidney Crosby has brought them more on – you know, on the ice, then, and it would be the same thing with Tua. If Tua brings us a Super Bowl, that's more than that puts him in for a, a, a franchise that's only one, two. That puts us in legendary status. That right. that I, puts I, him. That makes him listen. People don't. That puts him on the Mount Rushmore of Miami Dolphin legends. I'm sorry, it just does, bro. If he wins the Super Bowl, of I mean absolutely. Cuz and, uh, and if he's playing cuz here's the thing. Like this is what I'm saying. This, and I said this to someone earlier today. Like we see Herbert, you know, big arm but but you know, and he can bring he has comeback wins, but he also, you know, he's getting more more known for choking in the fourth quarter. Can we not agree at that? And listen, when I give that recipe of elite, you know, elite efficiency, efficiency, make the throws when they present themselves, those five or six throws that happen in a game where it swings the momentum of the game. You keep the chains moving. You you protect the football and you put, and you also time of possession. You're efficient with the football, right? And you don't turn it over. And 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 listen, I don't. I know people want to be out here like PFF and count hypotheticals. But if someone throws a, a makes a throw, one throw like he did against Buffalo that should have been picked off and wasn't, I'm not worried. Now, if you make five or six of them in a game, I'll uh, Josh Allen. Okay, I was just talk, gonna say, did okay, he throw I'll five or six? Of, yeah. I'll talk about five or six. I'm not gonna talk about one or two because look at Fitz. I mean, look at Brett Favre, one known as one of the best gunslingers in football, and he retired with the most interceptions because that's what happens when you sling the football. Anyways, I digress. You know, if you look at Tua and you look at what's happening right now, and if you look at a potential Super Bowl run, I'm sorry, bro. I love Dan Marino. I have every Dan Marino minus the 75 anniversary patch, Dan Marino upstairs. It's not even close, bro. Like, I want – listen, let me ask you this. Perfect question for you. What would you want? 20 years of what we saw with Dan or what I just talked about Tua. Give me the elite efficiency. Give me the elite anticipation. Give me the elite accuracy. And give me a high football IQ, which is displaying. Because here's what I said to someone on the phone, bro. With those, with that recipe. Remember, that's the recipe Tom Brady's made a career off of. And Brady's arm got better as he got older because his mechanics got better, right? He started working with Tom House and such. Elite efficiency, elite accuracy, elite anticipation, and a high football IQ at that position, you build dynasties off that. When you have a big arm guy, that arm's going to die out. That arm's eventually, like, especially if you, you know, they got Herbert out here throwing 600 times a season, bro. You know, like, what do you think that's going to turn into by, like, 33, 34? You think he's going to have the same juice he got right now? And what's the biggest thing you see with quarterbacks? What's the biggest, biggest, biggest 
flaw you see with quarterbacks with big arms, and it happens with all of them. They start trusting their arms so much that they can afford to be lazy with the progressions and late on their reads because they got the arm talent to get it there. Right? Yeah, what I happens mean, when the arm goes, bro? Well, and, and look, I hope that, you know, I love them both. And I don't – I'll never kick my boy Dan to the curb. I love him, and I no. think – when I'm dead and gone. But we had oh, Herbert for 20 years, bro. And we got well, we got we got heartbreak. Well, I, I just think that there's something about Tua Tunga Valoa. There's a winning aspect of who But he you know is. what's more amazing, Neil? And I said this on my show tonight. Think about this one. Here's one. Think about this, Neil. They've tried to tell us the style of quarterback Tua is a traditional pocket quarterback can't win in the NFL. Now People want to say quarterbacks aren't a winning stat when it ain't working for them. But go look at Tua's winning winning percentage and who he's won against compared to Burrow, Lawrence, Herbert. It's not freaking close, bro. Well, yeah, and, and here's the thing, man. And put like, Mac in there. Well, and, and here's the thing, right? When, we, when he was coming out, the trendy thing was the left-handed Drew Brees, right? Yeah, because of oh well, you know what, yeah, man? He's yeah. looking more and more like him every week. He is. He's just <laughs> a more athletic version, right? That's all yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I just think he's looking more and more like him every week. And look, yeah. you know, the fact you know they told us traditional pocket passers weren't going to win anymore. Neil, what happened? Well, I, I love how they act like adding Tyreek Hill is an insult to, to a success. Before even when they made the trade, everyone told er, told us that it was going to be a big drop off, and that but it hasn't been. It no. hasn't been at all. At all. And, and that's the thing, man. I, I just think – I think Tua's hit a stride. I actually think that this is – I think Tua's going to actually start really putting up some really good numbers the next few weeks because, again, I mean, the level of competition's going down. He's going to get more confident. We're going to get healthier. I mean, we're just going to play better complementary football. And, I mean, these receivers, as long as they still – You see Tyreek has almost like just under as whole- many yards and he has just as many touchdowns as – all the receivers combined in KC right now. Right. And, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's just it's fun, man. So I I I'm loving where we are. Three and oh. Couldn't be any better except What's four the score and, you got? and so so this week, you know, we're obviously in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the rock and the all white jerseys. So, you know, I'm gonna have to say hell and no. And the Willie Anderson induction, so there'll be a little energy there. Yeah, hell, I'm not going to say that. I think the Dolphins win this game 34-23. to 23. I mm. think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to eat. I think Tua is going to be healthy enough to have a big game, but I think the running game is actually going to get a good, get going and get a couple big plays. And I think Joe Burrow is going to spend a lot of time on his back. And, you know, I, I say I say we get six or seven sacks in this game. Uh, I think Jalen Phillips gets his first sack of the season. And I think we're going to see – Another interception for Javon Holland here. Um, I think that Burrow is going to throw one over the middle and sail it, and Holland's going to get it. So I, I think 34-23, the Dolphins get a comfortable win, make a statement, and continue to be the talk of the NFL. Yeah, I have us winning 30-24, to so pretty similar to you. Um, I do think they're going to put up points. I think Chase will get his. I think Mixon will get his. But I, I just think, you know, like you said earlier, two has got this. He's got he's got this date circled on his calendar. I think you're going to see that two of that that dog that came out against Kyler, that dog that came out, you know, against Lamar, that dog that came out in the fourth quarter against Atlanta, you know, the one that came out in the second half against Kansas City. I expect. 
good things from Tua Tungvaloa. Um, Do you think Gusecki's going to have any impact in this game? I think Tyreek is going to go off. Right. That's what I think, too. And, you know, I, I don't know if you heard, but, like, his post game a couple of games ago, you know, I don't know if he's kind of throwing shade at them, but, you know, he mentioned, like, you know, Waddle and Hill getting the ball and, you know, they're superstars and blah, 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 blah. And it was – I don't know, man. I think Gusecki is checked out, so. Well, I think at the end of the day, Zach Taylor is one of the worst coaches in football. And I think – I'm calling this one. Mozart is breaking off a big touchdown run. Yeah, I said that. Yep, I think he's going to have a big 40-yard-plus run. I think Zach Taylor is one of the worst coaches in football. And McDaniel's going to, you know, overwhelm them. And I just think – Yeah, because if you think about it, we didn't get to execute a lot of our stuff that we had installed against the Bills, if you right, really think right. about I mean, it. Right, I mean, that's the thing. You know, like, look, I again, the Dolphins had a long day. But they haven't really practiced this week. And, you know, they're there early and they're, you know, look, it's, I don't know if you know this, it's the, it's the biggest disadvantage of football is to have a Sunday game and then go on the road on Thursday night football. So like, I don't want to make light of it. And the Bengals aren't going to blame the skyline chili if we lose. (laughs) Well, uh, look, the Bengals got, they have great talent. Um, Jamar Chase is, you know, uh, him and T Higgins is, you know, I, I think we have the best core in football. I think that's definitely number two or three in this league. Um, Joe Mixon is a quality running back. They have some good players. They're going to be fired up. It's Thursday night football. But again, I just love our matchups. I think our defensive line is going to be a problem. Just get the run game going. So you keep the offense off the, on the field and the defense can catch a breath. We got, you know, like we've won the time of possession every game except this last one. And I think there's no reason why we can't do what we did against the Ravens. who even had a drive that was 10 minutes, but we still outpossessed them by 10 minutes by the end of it. I think we can do without a game. But the, that's, see, this is where, you know, and it's funny, eh? Josh Allen got the big arm and he was the dink and dunk king, right? But mm-hmm. this is kind of a game where you do kind of want to dink and dunk a little bit because just move the sticks with six, seven, eight yard pass after six, seven, eight yard pass. And you'll just chew up clock if you, you know, and then run the ball here and there in between. So make sure the ball never hits the ground and you will just chew up clock and you will give that defense the rest. Like, well, you know what I mean? So well, let's think about this, right? We have Mike McDaniel. He wears Yeezys and Brightlings and he goes to the game in his freshest suit. This is his first primetime football game as a head coach. He has a chance to make Tua Tungavaloa look like a superhero. He's a smart guy, man. If you don't think we're going to have a couple of aces up our sleeve that no one else has seen, you're mistaken. Mike McDaniel is going to want to show himself that it's not a fluke to be 3-0. He wants to show the quarterback. Look at that NFL Films post-game speech, man. I know. I I tell you, man, Like, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Dolphins fan. What they have brewing is really special. And we haven't had it all come together in decades we kept having glimpses of it and the closest was with tony soprano soprano um well but like you know we just couldn't get the quarterback i mean pennington had a great year then he got hurt and it was chad i i just imagine if think about this and i started cutting off imagine if we would have been good enough where we didn't have to break out the wildcat until late near the end of the season and we could have rode the wildcat into the playoffs people would have been fucked we would have messed people up well, like and we've talked about this offline like as fun as that season was i never viewed the dolphins as a real contender no never. no not no. once when i saw we were playing the dolphins in the wildcard game 
I was like, damn it, we're out in the first round. You know what I mean? Like I like it. I just knew that it was going to be tough to run against that defense, and that when Chad Pendon had a throw, that Ed Reed, Ed Reed would be lurking, and he did, and took a pick six, and then Suggs did. If you remember, it was just a mess, man. But it's okay because I believe in this formula. But there's something there with Mike McDaniel where, like, I love how this team goes to bat for each other when they get the mic, right? Like, the star of this offseason has been – of the offseason was Tyreek Hill boosting to his confidence, right? Like, I, that was amazing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he will never get enough credit for what he did as he came on this team to build – and then we hear all these reports about Tua having after-practice meetings with his players to build chemistry. Like – it's just amazing to see because this is sustainable if all these pieces keep moving in the same direction. Yep. And that's what's really exciting about this, right? Like, you know, as fans, we get really excited. We're 3-0. and We start worrying about Lombardis and stuff like that because, look, we're starving for one, right? But I, I would say – I just want to win a playoff game first. Well, I, I mean, man, I've told you that. I think that's definitely going to happen. I think the Miami Dolphins are a legit Super Bowl contender. I, I'm not just saying that because they're, they're my team. I think if you look at the landscape of the NFL, there's four teams in the AFC that I believe are. Well, let me ask you this: Who scares you right now? Someone asked me this yesterday, and I sat back. Ravens, Ravens. Um, because I, 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 and 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 the Chiefs, as long as they have Pat Mahomes, and I'll explain. I I think the Bills are tough. You know, we they played us here. We'll see what happens in December. You know, Josh Allen's a good player. They did have some injuries. Again, not taking away. We had injuries too. So hold on, but if only three teams scare you, at worst, we're a divisional round team to you. Then, right? I mean, the NFC. I think the NFC's got some really bad football right now, man. I like the Rams. Don't look like the the same Rams as last year. Definitely, the, the Eagles Buc- are beating up on inferior teams. Right, and look, I think the Eagles are going to be a good team. Um, but I, I just think you know, Lamar's playing awesome in Baltimore, man, and their defense sucks. But Lamar's playing great. I would say that I think Mark Andrew has some planted. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football right now. And they have mess all around the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley still isn't playing. I, you know, I, it's interesting, but like Lamar legitimately is carrying that team on his back and playing great football. And, you know, they're a good veteran team. And, you know, we had to have an unbelievable historical performance to come back, but the Ravens are tough. But we did beat them there. So that's a good sign. Um, and we saw what happened the last time they came to Miami. But, you know, I, I think that the top four teams in the AFC are Baltimore, Buffalo, K- KC, and Miami. And in the NFC, I think the, I give the Eagles credit. Yeah, you still got to give credit. I'm never going to count Hurts, Hurts is out. playing good. Yeah, I'm never going to count. I'm never going to count out Tom Brady. The team that I think is in for a long season is actually the Green Bay Packers. I just think that they deprived Aaron Rodgers of his weapons. He doesn't seem like he wants to be there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the AFC, you think about it, like a lot of these teams, like the Broncos and Raiders that we thought were going to be good, are not. And then the Chargers, like they have Bose out. They have Rashawn Slater out. J.C. Jackson's missed two games. You know, Derwin James, I mean, it's about this time every year that he starts getting hurt. I just think it's crazy. And then Remember Allen- what did I say to you? Remember what I said about when we were talking about preseason and I said to the the problem is that defensive side and the injury injury prone guys they have and they're already piling up. Right. I mean, they have a lot of in key injuries to key players already. So it's going to be interesting. But like, look, I don't want to discount any team. I really want to focus on what we're doing well. I mean, we are in the toughest part of our schedule and we're three and out. Yeah. So, I mean, Let's that's where you're to be excited. Baby. And, hey, look, man, there's nothing better than your team being on prize. No one else is going to be watching. Well, the only thing that sucks is we got to wait for a week and a half for our next game. Right. But, you know, hey, man, if we yeah. get a win, 
that's a lot of time. I don't know about you, man. I've been spending so much time just watching those NFL video, NFL films. I just want to be keep being good. So when the flex <coughs> when the flex schedule starts, they keep flexing us. Oh, I mean, dude, that Bills game in December is definitely going to get flexed. I, I'd be shocked if we didn't have two. I mean, they're going to flex us. I mean, we. I mean, I don't like the Steelers game. We already know. I hope they don't flex us out. I hope the Steelers. No, they're not because we're going to be good, so they're going to keep us in. Yeah, but that Buffalo game I could see definitely be flexed in. Uh, I don't know, man. Though other than that, I mean, our schedule gets really light. I mean, the Vikings. The game against the Jets is and late is uh, flex. It, it it doesn't have a time yet. Right. How about the pack? Oh, well, we're already on Christmas against the Packers, yeah. so yeah. that's not. Yeah, I mean, man, it's going to be interesting to see, but. I mean, nothing's going to be better. I'm excited, oh, man, for tomorrow. My wife's going to be real happy when I got to watch football. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's Christmas. Yeah, eh? but we have the, we host Christmas party and bah humbug, man. I'll be in my basement watching the Dolphins. Uh, we'll yeah, do that game could have massive implications at that point in the season. Well, hey, man, but hey, like, hey, look, we're both predicting a win. We're both predicting a 4-0 start for the Dolphins, which would be the first time since 1995. Um you know, I think we all expected a huge jump, but I did not expect this. I didn't expect this to take. I think our defense is going to even get better as the season goes along, which is going to be fun. Because, I mean, you know, one thing that we what I we can all admit is we've kind of taken Byron Jones for granted a little bit. He might not get 10 interceptions a season, but, I mean, he is clear-cut the second-best quarter on this football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting him back at some point is going to be huge. Keeping this offensive line, moving in the right direction – but God, man, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it looks great. Tomorrow is going to be super fun. But I, you know, I'm I'm predicting a win. But even if it doesn't happen, the sky's not falling. Like I don't want everything to be. Yeah, so we'll be good. Reactionary. It's only one game. Right. I don't want everything to be so reactionary. Coming into that stretch in a worst case scenario, three and one, still is amazing. But it's a chance though for the Dolphins to cut the head off the snake here, and I, I think that's that's why they're going to be fired up. Prime time, you know, like if you're a football player reason and you don't get a lot of primetime games and you have a good team and you're Tyree Kill and you're those boys and you say, you know what, guys, this is bullshit. I like, you know what I mean? Like, think about this, right? Like, is this Jalen Waddle's first primetime games of pro? Do we have any? Do we? Do we? Yeah, we, have we had the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Thursday night football Ravens. Okay. Yeah. And he had a right. big catch. Was, yeah. And he was healthy because he had that awesome yeah. catch. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, his second game was a pro. I mean, like, it's just. I mean, it's going to be fun, man. And yeah, yeah. it's a chance for us to put the stamp on what everyone's been talking about. Because I will tell you this, the two-way hate has definitely subsided. I mean, you can even see the major publications, CBS Sports, ESPN. I mean, they're all starting to run with it, aren't they? Yeah. Well, let's hope he stays consistent so they keep and running. See, even some of those guys in our fan base that hate him are starting to turn around, I've noticed. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so. But, yeah, man, Finn's up. All right, man. Hopefully, we're back next week, diving back in and celebrating a four and zero start to the season. Until then, though, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. As always, fins up all day, every day. Let's go get that prime time dub. Hey, Neil. Yep. Have a good trip, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. Heading down to the beach. Gonna be watching this game, but uh, fins up, guys. Let's go four and zero. And reason I can't wait to send you my text, knee jerking all over the place. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we get up early in this one. Uh, it'd be nice to, to take the ball, go down and score on the open and drive. Yeah. And hey, man, I'll tell you what, we're, we predicted pretty comfortable scores. I wouldn't mind a nice blowout, so my heart to take a break, man. Yeah, These games, you can man, just celebrate I don't have, the whole time. I don't have nails anymore. 
<laughs> my liver's not doing so well. We need to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see y'all next week when you dive back fin too deep. Until next time, fins up, everyone.